Am I being such a little am I being such a little sweetheart? My new assistant manager called me a sweetheart slash rock star and I was like, I'm gonna kill myself. It's time to die. Do you remember that incredible Michael Shannon headline right after the election that was like Michael Shannon quotes, if you voted for Trump, it's time for the urn. <laughs> no, I mostly just remember when him. he showed up to the Oscars wearing a pin that said no. And then people kept being like, Why are you wearing this? He's like, it says no. <laughs> or like it's like does it mean anything? He's like, means no. <laughs> I love oh yes. Oh yeah, we should do this, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, let's Yeah, play. let me let me play the track. Thank you. We need it. We need it. We crave I the don't want to be a chaotic podcast, you know. In that That's you like, want structure? Yeah, I want structure. I crave. Like when podcasts are all boundaries. boys, there's no structure. Right. All right, I'm going to play the song. Ready? Okay. Mhm. Okay, who is to the wife? He is every movie I have seen. He's in everything. He's in everything. He's gay, he's brave, he's American, he's British. Next day he's playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the movie. Forgive my compromised sense of humor. I did want to answer our host question. Jude Law is he's, he's one of our finest actors. Hello and welcome to Law School, a podcast about Jude Law, who is now recently married. I am Fran Hoffner. I'm Caroline Simons. Congratulations, Jude Law. This is our first full episode post-announcing Jude having gotten married, which he did do several weeks ago. No, post-having announced last episode. Oh, correct. I see what you're getting at here. I'm like... I'm like, the podcast is just in a new era now. Absolutely. It's season one, but it's sort of like there's been a twist. Yeah. That we didn't write. Um... This but we're adapting to because why? We're artists. We're and that is what real art is about. And speaking of real art, let's talk about Gattaca. Let's talk about the 1997 movie Gattaca, which is Jude's for like it's his American breakthrough. Absolutely. Basically. Where he gets to play put him on the Matrix, Fran. What's what's he doing? He He's, gets to play British. Mm-hmm. He gets to play straight. More I, or less. Okay, interesting theory popped up um, while I was watching Gattaca with my friend. She was chatting with a fella on Tinder, uh, and you the guy see it. We well, love to see it. Um, and this guy posited the theory. He goes, "I think every single of Jude Law's roles is somewhat bisexual." Sure, I know. I was like, I love this, and then I kind of commented. I mean, if the you want to get me cranked about bisexuality, you can get me cranked about bisexuality. But I'm just like, basically, almost everyone is. Vroom vroom, rev it up. Yeah, why not? Why not? And why not? It, and I do, th- I do think, um, quite a few Jude Law characters teeter, teeter. This one between having just done an episode where he's dating his co-star Robert Downey Jr. in Sherlock Holmes, he and Ethan Hawke are essentially an item in this movie. That's true. I was like very willing to put this into the category of film of I'm always mad at my one friend. (laughs) But that I think that and the overlap between um, the Venn diagram of I'm always mad at my one friend and movies about bisexuality are basically a circle. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. I think you first introduced me the classification I'm always mad at my one friend for films when I texted you have you ever seen Interview with a Vampire yeah that's like the main one that's the main one, one when you're friend. mad at your one friend <laughs> and it's movie. like basically that fa- that fad started with Interview with a Vampire mm-hmm. and is now gone through you know the Ferrante novel, the Neapolitan novels right right I'm always mad at my one friend um, but- I would say I mean for goodness sake Jude Law Ethan Hawke essentially their characters are in love and dating Ethan Hawke there's more like tender gestures 
towards and for Jude Law than he does for his purported love interest, Uma Thurman, this whole movie. She's a girl boss. No one even looks in her direction. That they, said, I do think she's she's like really good. She's magnificent. It's just a shame that Ethan Hawke is not in love with her and he's in love with Jude Law and vice versa. Yeah, because he's so perplexed by Jude Law. They're such a perfect little, you know, yin Couple. and yang puzzle match Couple. with each other. Dating. I'm going out. Where are you going? Um, well, I'm gonna get arrested tomorrow. I'm gonna go out tonight. You sure that's a good idea to go out? Well, it was your idea not to change anything. Who's going? Everybody. Everybody. If I don't go, it'll look suspicious. You don't want to look suspicious, do you? I realized when I was watching this movie that I lied to you on this podcast. Oh, ho. In which I said to you that the, my first experience with Jude Law was seeing The Holiday. And I definitely saw this movie before I saw The Holiday. Oh. I saw this movie in high school. Did you see it in bio class? Saw it in freshman bio. But here's the thing. I only saw the first half of it. Were you sick the other day? No, they didn't let us see the end of the movie. It's just exhausting. How do you know what? How do you know how it goes down? I think I didn't know until I watched. I watched it for the podcast. I actually so was great. like pretty sure I did not know the end of the movie going in. Wow! And I was correct. I think they just wanted us to know like what the future of like genetic um, reproduction would look like, and they'd be like scary, huh? And then you know turn it off. I'm trying to think of who on Letterboxd that I follow said this about the movie, but they said it is one of those dystopia movies where everyone's like, "Sure do hate that we live in a dystopia." <laughs> It's like it's like Man, I think people this dystopia's really got me down. Yeah, it's like in some of these the it does seem race, like huh? more people would be mad about how things are. But maybe not, because that's sort of like the times we live in. We can't get into that. Okay. Oh man, we can't get into the times we live in. Um, I I had a ball watching did you, this movie. Did you see it in Freshman Bio? Okay, no. And everyone keeps asking me that. Everyone's like, Oh, Gattaca. I saw that in high school. Oh, Gattaca. We watched that in science class. Everyone has seen this movie in school. I didn't. Seems like you didn't. Seems like you didn't have a cool teacher. I guess I didn't. That's also quite possible. But I, this I must have been. This must have been my introduction to Jude. I feel like I have a very vivid memory of like the first time ever seeing him. Of him being like in a wheelchair and screaming, which That's is a lot of what he does. In I this like movie, how he got and it's wonderful. Wonderful. He's introduced. He's like smoking a cig. Oh my cig, gosh! And the you first can, shot at him, <laughs> and you can tell they just lit the cig right before the scene because like he hasn't even ashed it once. It's like a full oh my cigarette. Gosh. I know he just like wheels in and takes a huge yeah, drag and like, a cigarette and glares. Like and I'm like, department like lit the cig and pushed him out. I know. And this, I'm like, this is a movie star. Who was up there? Well, I certainly don't. The star of stage and screen, I Jude was- Law. <laughs> Yes. Like him and Uma Thurman hold the frame. Actually, all three of them, like Uma Thurman, Ethan Hawke, Jude Law. There's a lot of, you know, center punch them just kind of like holding the frame. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to look at this person. This person is captivating. Yeah. I love star power. They, Yeah, it's, it is a star power driven vehicle, but it's also it's also just like a, a good movie. It's a good movie. So as someone who'd never seen Gattaca before and everyone's like jazzed for me to see it, I did not realize it was so stylized. Like I didn't realize that we had this very moody, you know, concrete brutalist architecture, Mm -hmm. sepia. This movie has the same color scheme as Naked Lunch. That's like all I thought about the whole time. It's like very like yellowy, sickly. Yeah, I just guess I didn't Not realize. Sickly. I mean, I'm saying it's Naked a little, Lunch. Is, it's a I'm little. saying Naked Lunch is sickly because it's like a Cronenberg. I wish it had more body horror. Like I think 
I kept thinking of Cronenberg watching this movie because there's so much strange, like, altering of the body. Each day I would dispose of as much loose skin, fingernails, and hair as possible to limit how much of my invalid self I would leave in the valid world. I kind of couldn't believe it was PG-13 when I was watching it because it felt kind of icky, but then it was, like, about as much sort of gore I can manage. Yeah. As a squeamish person, but it seemed, it's, it's, I don't know. The level of violence surprised me. Yeah. I think it could have definitely been grosser, and I was relieved that it wasn't, but. It really could have taken that turn. It had everything lined up to really kind of take a turn at the end that plunged it toward like a body horror, grotesque, like we are all sacks of meat, like we are altering our bodies in strange, unnatural ways to, as a means to an end. Mm-hmm. But it really doesn't because it stays a lot more tried and true to the noir. To the noir Beans. and yeah, and like the the quote unquote, the human relationships, yeah, 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 etc. Yeah. Et um, let we should explain the premise of this movie because it's 100%. maybe a little less like straightforward, like Sherlock Holmes, where you're like it's mystery. All right, yeah, Gattaca is um, there is a futuristic society um, that has a subclass of people who are not genetically modified to perfection. Um, what do they call them? Invalids. Degenerates. Degenerates. And I thought at first that was a weird pronunciation, but I'm like, oh, no, it's a pun, genes. Um, and there's another one there, like, uh, with God. Oh. That's, like, God-born or something like that. Yeah. It is something. <laughs> Which is, like, crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, there's babies who are born the way babies are now, where you're just sort of like, oops, we got a baby. Um, but then there's, like, babies who are essentially, like, programmed with all the best possible traits from either parent. Right. In the future, we can have... Uh, babies genetically modified to be like the best version of themselves right if you are not genetically modified and you're quote natural born then you are in a lower class mm-hmm. uh, Ethan Hawke plays a character who is natural born but he wants to go to space correct the driving force behind this movie is Ethan Hawke really wants to go to space yeah and he does all sorts of things in order to be eligible to go to space mm-hmm. I was watching with my friend she's like do you think we'll get to go to space with Ethan Hawke I'm like no they're like three sets in this movie like we're never gonna see him in space come on yeah man. this movie does not have the kind of budget to go to space and that also and I, is remarkable I will say like Jude Law in this movie don't give a shit about space you don't give a shit about space no I'm so afraid the of it the final frontier I'm I'm too afraid of space to care about it there's no birds in space though we don't know that oh good point you think <laughs> kind of hope there are yeah it'd be cool if there were yeah but I don't want to know about them is is the thing I, I don't love the driving force of a character is gotta get to space gotta get to space he wants to go to space but it's like if you think it's hard to be an astronaut now, imagine the future. Imagine the future <laughs> <laughs> where only the most genetically perfect people can be astronauts. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Ethan Hawke, determined to go to space, is hooked up with Jude Law, who is a genetically modified superhuman higher class individual. Yeah, he's a guy who's programmed to be perfect. He's a, he's a former swimmer. Yes. Yeah, so we learn at the end that he's a swimmer. I thought we only knew he had the silver medal, and then at the very end of the movie, you see the silver medal is for swimming, and that ties into themes with, like... Oh, I think we learned that earlier. Oh, really? I might not have been listening. Again, I was flirting through my friend with a guy she was talking to on Tinder. Are they going to go out? Have you seen Dom Hemingway? I think we might go out. I'm like, have you seen Dom Hemingway? Yeah, go out with this guy. (laughs) Let's get him on the pod to Dom Hemingway for this guy on Tinder. (laughs) So again, wasn't fully listening, was flirting, then fully reengaged into the movie because what happens is Ethan Hawke teams up with Jude Law, steals his genetic makeup. You're leaving out who teams them up. Oh, Tony Shalhoub. It's Monk. Monk does. And when I saw this in high school, I feel like the biggest reaction to anyone in the movie was all of us recognizing Monk. 
Monk was on when we were in high school? Definitely, yeah. Like, but when I'm like 14 years old, I don't care about Ethan Hawke. Right. I don't really care about Jude. I'm starting, I'm about to care about I'm Jude about Law. About I don't Jude. care about Uma Thurman. I care about Monk. That's true. ABC's Monk. I might care about Uma. We're like, that's Monk. Monk was on ABC. Oh, it went to syndication on USA. Yeah, what hasn't? Good for them. Get that payday. Yes, Tony Shalhoub uh, hooks up Ethan Hawke with Jude Law, describes Jude Law as... Practically going to live forever. He's got an IQ off the register. Better than 2020 in both eyes. And the heart of an ox. Better than 2020 in terms of vision. And the heart of an ox. Heart of an ox. Better than 2020 and the heart of an ox. You love to see it. And there he and, um, and then he just rolls in smoking a cig and you're like, oh, interessante. Yeah. I didn't expect him to be handicapped. I just think this character is so deeply pessimistic mm-hmm. and comes from such a privileged genetic background that he is like, my life is over now that I can't walk. And right. This role reminded me of a very uh depressed and dark dicky green leaf and that it's like it's really similar to ripley i thought right. about ripley throughout right. this movie All, which yeah. is also a i'm always mad at my one friend yeah, it is. i love mark canon but Man. i mean this is also a movie where jude screams about being bored now i'm bored of talking to you i'm bored i'll call you back and i was like you're about to do this in like another two years you can be quite boring boring i've been absolutely honest with you about my feelings. Boring. And also he does the classic rich entitled snob thing where he chases down someone doing their job and demands to like speak to their supervisor. That detective oh my comes and he's like, give me your badge number and like chases him across the front of his house being like, how dare you? How dare you question me? Yeah, right. What's your number? All right, forget it. No, what's your number, you fucking flatfoot? How dare you question me? That's harassment. My mistake. What's your number? What's your number? Give me your badge number. I'm like, yeah, that very like that lady at Apple Store Mm -hmm. kind of mean. But he's so I mean, he's so good at playing. Right. So whiny and entitled. Right. Whiny, entitled, but still like you don't hate him. No, you love him. And I was reading I was reading the Ebert review. It called him like delightful. And I was like, this is such a like delightful performance for how dark and, um, you know, pessimistic this character is. My God, what's wrong with the machine? There's nothing wrong with the machine. It's a hot sample. You've been drinking again. I haven't. Oh, Christ, Eugene. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I haven't. There is more vodka in this piss than there is piss. All right, I'm sorry. I had half a glass to celebrate. I'm sorry. Try Friday's. That one will be okay. There's only Wednesday left. Wednesday. That's the one. He's being kind of just a... a a brat about his circumstances. Mm -hmm. He drinks a lot. He smokes. He's Mm -hmm. like not taking care of himself. And for a large portion of the movie, while like he's giving over his genetic material to Ethan Hawke's character, Vincent, he seems to really just resent it. I could have rented myself out to somebody with a spine. If I'd known you were going to go belly up on me at the last fucking gasp. Right, until he comes around at the end and realizes, like, oh, you gave me purpose in life. Like, Ethan Hawke has a dream, has ambition, has a goal. Again, space. Mm -hmm. And it's this notion that Jude Law's character, who is privileged in every advantage, still is, like, a sad, pessimistic fuck-up because he has nothing to work for. Mm -hmm. I got the better end of the deal. I only lent you my body. You lent me your dream. So yeah, Ethan Hawke's character Vincent takes the genetic makeup of Jude Law, uses it to fake his identity to be allowed into the space program. 
And the movie really kicks off when there's a murder at Space HQ and the detectives roll up and they're trying to figure out what's out of place, who committed the murder and realizes in their ranks there is someone who shouldn't be there. Yeah. And then from the, and beyond that, it's like very straightforward. It's a noir. Um, it's a it's a classic noir. Yeah. Um, you've got a guy leading a double life. Is it going to get exposed? Femme detect- fatale. Femme fatale ish. Colleen Atwood does the costumes for this. Yeah, I love Colleen love. Atwood. She puts Uma Thurman in like this silk high collar and then a very 90s big button long blazer. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got long blazers. Don't forget, we are in the future, but we are designing the film in 97. I love it. I'm thinking a lot about Colleen Atwood lately because I'm rewatching so many of the um, Tim Burton films yeah. for Blank Check. Nice. And I'm thinking about how good her work is. And I'm also thinking about Alan Arkin, who plays the lead detective a lot because I forgot that he was in um, Edward Scissorhands. Oh, my God, you're he's right. He's like the dad. He's the nice yeah, yeah. dad. He's nice a he's dad. a great little nice detective in this. He I is. love, you gotta love Alan Arkin. Oh, you gotta love Alan Arkin. Uh, I was thinking of Ernst Borgnine the whole time. I love Oh, my that. gosh. We have to talk about Gore Vidal. <laughs> we, uh, this, the credits of this movie are shocking because for all of its large sci-fi themes, it's actually a pretty tight, small movie. There's like 20 speaking roles. When you watch the credits at the end, it is shockingly short when you're like, I just watched a big sprawling dystopian universe but it's like but it's oh yeah small. it's a pretty small movie yeah it's i mean got it's three sets it's yeah got- it's nickel's directorial debut yeah i mean there's not like he's not like packing a lot of like and this wasn't based on a book was it weight behind it i don't think so because i know he wrote truman show he wrote truman show this i was so he did con- in time which i've seen the first 20 minutes I've of like seen. six thousand times i was never convinced this further. was a book though because especially in the beginning they like the first 10 minutes they lay heavy on the vo t- and it sounds like you're reading oh yeah the whole first act of it i'm like this is an audiobook is flat well is flashback right it's a very like um you know record scratch like you might be wondering how, how I, I got, got here. here i'm i'm looking if this is a you book i really don't two think most is. shocking credits in this movie tell me Okay, we have Maya Rudolph is the delivery room doctor. Her one line is... The name for the certificate? She's wearing a surgical mask. Oh my God, I didn't even notice. Because I'm watching the credits. Again, only 20 names. There's only one Maya Rudolph. It's not like a Maya C. Rudolph. It's Maya Rudolph. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other, we don't even see him on camera. It's a reflection in the mirror. Ken Marino. Oh my, a a big crush for me. Yeah. My wife. He seems tall, right? I don't, yeah, I I hope so. Yeah, he's tall. Anyway, those are two just like, because again, short credit list, watching at the end, and those names certainly pop out. Um, that they do. I, the whole time I looked at, um, this is not based on a book. So he just wrote it for Yeah, he screen. just wrote this. He just wrote this for screen. screen. Every time, every time like I looked at Gore Vidal, I thought of my favorite joke, one of my favorite jokes from In the Loop you've Go seen. On. Yeah. Which is when... Um, Gandolfini and um, I forget the actress's name the character's name is Karen Clark <laughs> are like eating Chinese food and she's like asking James Gandolfini's character if he's read something he's like yeah of course I've read stuff I'm a voracious reader I'm the Gore Vidal of the Pentagon and she just like pauses and she's like Gore's gay you know and he goes he is and she's like yeah and he's like oh gotta stop saying that I guess or something <laughs> <laughs> so like, good my favorite she's like well I guess I should stop saying that um I will say I had so much fun watching Gattaca, but I was thoroughly disappointed when they wrapped it up so quickly at the end where he comes in the room. It's like, oh, yeah, he confessed. And I'm like, should we go talk to him? Should Gore Vidal have oh, a yeah, line? Oh, yeah, Gore Vidal's guilty. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke innocent. <laughs> <laughs> but Uma Thurman still learns that the man she's been 
pseudo dating, I'm guessing in love with is leading a double life. Why not have two boyfriends then? That's my question. Doesn't she? In the end, in ways. Well, no. but Jude dies. Right. Right, 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 right. In the shower that burns up your genetic matter. Yeah. Um, I wrote down a quote from this movie. Read it to me. Because friend. it made me think of Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> which is in the flashback. They say something along the lines of having bodies with minds to match. Okay. Like, bo- like bodies as hot as brains. It's sort of like <laughs> the thing with genetic testing is like, what if smart people are also hot? Right. And that to me is also the premise of 2009 Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> the quotes I wrote down are Jude saying, I'm bored on the phone. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. I have a line that says, open concept bathroom. <laughs> Can you, do you want to say more about open concept bathroom? <laughs> I mean, it's very striking when you see it. If you see it, you know. Uh, the house that Jude Law and Ethan Hawke live in is a big old set with a spiral staircase going up the middle of it. That looks like it. DNA. Looks, oh, good call. That, oh, that's it. I was with <laughs> I was Sarah. We're like, why the hell is this staircase so DNA. hard? It's so DNA. hard for him to get up. It's DNA, though. Oh, yeah. We have to talk about this. Oh, harrowing So, scene. So Jude, Jude's character basically was genetically modified to be perfect. And then upon getting silver in a swimming match, chill out, you still placed. Yeah. Um, throws, still a jock, still cool. Still a jock, still cool. But because men don't know how to process their feelings in a productive way, throws mm-hmm. himself in front of a car and... Does not die right from this suicide attempt, but is seemingly paralyzed from the waist down. Mm-hmm. And it is because of this that he decides to give over his genetic material. But there is so much of this movie is Jude Law just like scowling in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. He nails it. He's amazing. He's so withering and cutting, but so handsome still. Yeah. Um. Oh, my gosh. At one point when they're just like sort of getting Ethan Hawke ready to be Jude Law. Mm-hmm. He, they have to figure out the height stuff. Yeah. Because Ethan Hawke is shorter than Jude Law. It's oh, so funny. Yeah. They they even assume that Jude is like 6'1", because Jude's like, what, 5'11"? Yeah. Or something. But they ask him how tall he is because he's like 4'10", or whatever <laughs> yeah, he is in the, the wheelchair. wheelchair. This is still a matter of the height. Boy, how tall are you? 4'6". He's being such a little bitch. Um, it always it always struck me in watching this that he has a very sort of like old-timey wheelchair. He doesn't yeah. have like a high tech. Well, they have like the, it's all the 50s noir aesthetic. We got old cars. We got detectives and fedoras. That's true. That's true. We got the old timey rickety polio wheelchair. Um, but as the sort of like investigation is closing in on Vincent and his double life, he decides to like go home from work. And so they need Jude to be this character that they both are, Jerome. 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 And so Jude has to crawl up the staircase, has to go up a flight of stairs, essentially. In the climactic scene, the detectives are rushing back to the house to confirm Ethan Hawke's identity. They know they're going to find Jude Law. Jude Law has to rush to the front hall, front entranceway of the house to meet the detective. And to do so, he has to climb up this spiral staircase. Eugene, I need you to be yourself for the day. I was never very good at it, remember? The investigators are coming by. I'm supposed to be sick. So you keep telling me. How long have I got? Not long. And he's like heaving himself up, race against the clock to meet the detective before he comes to the door. Which is incredible. Yeah, it's He's really amazing. Good. Yeah, he's good. I mean, this is just like, it's just not as showy a performance as Dickie Greenleaf. That mm-hmm. is like him just absolutely luxuriating in right. someone's shittiness. Mm-hmm. But this is such an amazing just like character performance. 
Yeah. It's I mean, really good. Jude stuff in the future often doesn't work because it's like boring Hawkeye stuff. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's hot is almost has like nothing to do. Well, it do- doesn't have nothing to do with this character because it is. But like this a is a hot perfection. Yeah. Yeah. And failed. Right. And there's sort of the resentment that comes with being perfect. Like, and being like, hot isn't everything. Being hot isn't everything until this year in which it's everything. Right, because I came onto the scene as super hot. Exactly. And everyone's like, I want that. Yeah, we gotta have it. Gotta. That was the company that sell us your hair dye. They've sent me summer wheat instead of honey dawn. Any fool knows it's two shades lighter. She said, why don't you try a change? I don't want a change. We can't use a change. Now I'm probably gonna have to pay for the five boxes they've sent me. To watch a movie that's highly stylized and not feel like the style is overriding the characters and no, the actors. No, not at all. And we Which can still I would be say like, these are amazing like, performances. Having continuously seen only the first 20 minutes of In Time, that's a movie <laughs> where like the concept is wearing the characters. Yeah. A lot of big budget things that Jude ends up in, you know, it's that thing too where the movie completely overrides performance. Yeah, like Captain Marvel. See him. Yeah, and you can see him poking through, but it's like... Oh, there's no space. These characters like breathe and act. Yeah, and- he's giving he's giving all of them so much space. Right. Minus maybe like Uma Thurman, but it's mainly it's less to do with like her being like drowned out by like the world, and more just that Ethan seems Ethan's character seems so much more intrigued by Jude. Absolutely, the amount of longing glances between male characters in this movie incredible. Yeah, who's no looking at Uma? I'm I guess always mad at my like- one roommate. <laughs> I think it's nice they live together. I guess they I have to at this arrangement. Sure, yeah. Again, another odd couple. Yeah, I would love more scenes where they were just like around the house. Like puttering around, like mm-hmm. splitting up chores. That yeah. could have been fun. There's a scene in the kind of prologue section of this movie where Ethan Hawke is establishing that he wants to go to space. Are you going to talk about when he's doing sit-ups with the yeah. book? Yeah, but before that, he's reading a book at the dinner table that's just called Careers in Space. <laughs> and then, yeah. He's so silly in this. So I mean, silly. he's great, but this character is deeply silly. Oh, yeah. I had an insane moment during the like sex scene between Ethan and Uma because... They're like her bed is in a room with like all windows against the ocean, right. and it looked like the first reformed floating on top oh. of each other scene with the waves in the background. I was like, "Wow, this is like proto first reformed." Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he and Amanda Seyfried are like right, over floating. green screen, and everyone <sighs> was like, rules. "This is where the movie loses me." And I'm like, "You idiot!" Who said that? A lot of people I know hate that. Well, look scene. who's never been in love. I mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh okay. We've interpreted that scene differently, but that's okay. I mean, it's escapism, too. Look, we can't talk about me anymore. We can't talk about, <laughs> we can't talk about this. We can't talk about God. It's not that kind of podcast. No, it's not. God help us if it ever becomes that. Sure. I won't allow can it. Can God forgive us for turning our podcast into a relationships podcast? Only God forgives. Mm. Miles Teller's that can. Tell me what he's this wearing. This will be, <laughs> what he's wearing, this will be like two weeks from now. He's in a he's in a dazzling floral, floral shirt and chain, and he has a mustache. Mm-hmm. And he's in the new Refn project. I hear really? he's I hear he's extremely fine in it. He's bad news, that boy. And he knows it. Yeah, he knows it. I don't know what's gonna happen to him. I don't either. These days I think when you're so unpleasant to work with people to actually do stop working with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is nice. Like he's not old or established enough for people to want to keep working with him. To put up with his bullshit. Yeah, being just a fucking Is he still a little drunk grump? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... Is he still drunk? Yeah. I I don't know. Mm. I don't know. He's been off my radar recently. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Which is fine. But who's on my radar is Jude Law. Jude Law? 
How's he been? He's been great. His eyes are beautiful in this movie. They are gorgeous. Um, he wears a smoking jacket in one scene where he's puttering around the house, just giving more, putting out more DNA samples for his friend and boyfriend Ethan Hawke. Yeah, he's like so a smoking jacket, listening to jazz. Speaking of Dickie oh my Greenleaf, gosh. jazz playing. It in is the a very spiritually similar role. The seeds yeah. are there. He's like, what if I became worse? Yeah. In the general timeline, again, we have Gattaca, 1997. Dickie Greenleaf, uh, talented Mr. Ripley, is 99. Yeah. So we're on a, we're on our way. It feels like there's not that much to say about Gattaca in part because it, there's it's so good. And it's such a solid Jude performance. It's a film that really uh, works for him, works with him. And we're getting tastes at this beautiful up-and-coming movie star who is so charming and, in Roger Ebert's words, delightful. Delightful, smart, bitter. Killing it. You love it. You love to see it. All right. That's us on Gattaca. We had a great time. We had a great time. We love to see Jude. We love to see him scowl. Love to see him in the future. Thank you so much to Ben Kling for our theme song, Karen Hahn for our cover art, and again to Sander Randall for being our wonderful producer. Thank you, Sandy. Maybe you want to rate. Maybe you want to review. Maybe you want to subscribe. Oh, that's a good All idea. of these things would be nice, uh-huh. but you don't have to do them. We're not going to make you. Either way, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Good night.